Ross Friedman, Ross the Boss from Manowar, Dictators, uh, Death Dealer, so many bands. The Ross the Boss band, you forgot that one. Ross the Boss band, duh. (laughs) What's up, Ross? How you doing, guys? Pleasure to be here. Yeah, welcome uh, to the show, and uh, really excited to have you on here. And uh, I actually, uh, last night, I was just looking up some stuff about you, and I just saw you did an interview with somebody, and you were talking about... um, the re-recording of some of the Man of War albums like Battle Hymns and Kings of Metal. And... We don't like it either. Don't worry. Bands <laughs> do this stuff all the time. And it's very rare that they come out, you know, really good. Like the last Twisted Sister, when they redid uh, Stay Hungry, it was terrible, you know. And even with Man of War, I, I, they should have done it. So, you know, talk about that for a moment. Well, I mean, it's been gone over a lot of times. I think the first thing that they should have done and he didn't do it's because why don't I mean if you're gonna do a classic old record that pretty much puts your band on the map, why don't you just get the the original lineup back? Right. You know, but we you know, uh for Battle Hymns, he could have done it. Right. He could have had the original lineup, me, Donnie, Eric, and Joey. I mean <clears throat> and having another guitar player and and having detune the songs and it's just it's just not the same. I mean, you, you're not going to recreate that same same vibe, right. that same magic, that same chemistry that that was on the first record, you know. And and Kings of Metal as well. I mean, Kings of Metal. I mean, Scott was the drummer, Scott Columbus, but we know Scott is not with us. Right, right. But he still could have gotten uh, either Donnie or 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 uh, or uh, what's his face. Oh. Rhino yeah. or uh, Anders Johansson, I guess. No, I'd rather have a Rhino, but I'm not nothing against Anders. But I mean, um, you, you just uh, it's just not the same. I mean, you, you know. And then the, the excuse was, "Oh, we're doing it for the sound, make the sound better." And you know, I I just didn't. It, it, you're not going to get it. It's not going to be the same. Yeah, yeah you use different equipment and you know, different actually different place you're recording it from too. So it's not you're not going to have that same it, open sound and you know everything. Now, the way things are recorded nowadays, everything's so compressed and everything it does not sound the same exactly. as back then. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's you're not going to get the same. Uh, it, the results, it's, it's never going to be as good as the original. Never. And and I'll tell any band that. I mean, it's just you're not going to get the same results. It's just never going to happen. Yeah. Is there a reason why he didn't ask you to come back to the band just to at least record that? Are like you laughing? Why? <laughs> I could say a couple of reasons, but I don't want to get us kicked off on my little promo radio. No, know. well, I mean, the reason, we don't we don't talk. Yeah, you know, and, yeah, uh, we'll put it like that. Yeah, yeah. So you never you didn't leave it a friendly uh, terms when you left. When you they'll figure it out on blabbermouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the all the geniuses, the you know the, the haters, the, everybody there will will get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, we're we're familiar with your history. I mean, everything from the dictators to Shaking Street, we know that you know what it takes to create good quality, powerful recordings, and you're still doing that to this day. And I really have to commend you on uh, the live performances, let alone the recordings that you uh, that you put out, especially the one that when you recently had uh, KK Downing. Uh, perform with you i mean i was blown away by how good the dual guitar tandem sounded between you and him that was that was killer thank you for uh bringing that to uh all the metal fans out there good stuff yeah i mean um that whole thing um it just it 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 just sort of kind of 
just came together. I mean, we were going to do a bloodstock appearance and a friend of mine, you know, said, Oh, by the way, I'm friends with KK. I said, really? So why don't you invite him down? Mm-hmm. Down to the show. Cause it's his neighborhood, you know, the Midlands over there. And, uh, Okay, and then he calls me. Okay, he's coming. He'll come, you know. And then, I mean, I didn't get a no, so then, you know, I took it one step further. I said, "Well, why don't you uh, see if he wants to? If he comes down for a beer, see if he wants to like uh, 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 jam jam with us." (laughs) And then, then he then he um, he spoke to KK, and then the next thing I know, he said yes, and I go, "Wow!" I go. Um. Okay, so let's uh, let's take it one step further here. Why don't you come? You know, let's do a couple of songs. You know, and you know, let's see what happens. You know, and I was thinking, uh, you know, well, maybe I maybe KK could, maybe this is the way KK could get back in the priest. You know, and who knows what could happen? I know something good is going to happen if he comes out on stage with us. I mean, he hadn't been on stage in ten years. And uh, we went, we went, we flew into England. We flew a day earlier. Uh, we, we were, we, we practiced two days at KK Steel Mill. And we had that set down. I mean, we, we, we had it down before, but Mark, Mike and Steve had that, had those songs down. I had those songs down. You know, we knew exactly what was going to happen. I, I even took my uh, SG with the mirrored pick guard on it. So it looked like Glenn Tipton's. You know, and, uh, you know, out of respect. And, um, so we, we did the show. It was like people, like, we, people were floored. It was amazing. I mean, uh, KK was out there, you know, just for like five seconds. He was just get he got, he went out five seconds. He just got a little, you know, to get his sea legs on there on that stage. And then after that, it was like it snapped into it for him. And he was like, like he, like he had never left. I mean, you know, and it's like, he was so excited after the show. I mean, let's do more. I want to do more. You know, you know, you know, he was like so energized from finally playing music after 10 years. I mean, it was like, it was a great thing. It was, it really was a great thing. And the crowd was great that day and uh, amazing. And he was back. And so, you know, of course he's not a Judas priest, but uh, he's got his own band, KK and uh, KK's priest. And uh, he's got his own thing now. And uh, you know, He's back at it. So I'm, I'm very happy. I knew something good was going to happen. And uh, I'm glad. I mean, I, I just wanted to put some positive vibes back in, back on the planet when it came to that, you know? Right. You did and, a good job. Thanks. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, the band was great. I mean, we knew we had to deliver for them. And, you know, we did our set. KK came on. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a great day. It truly was. Really cool. Um, what do you think about that whole Judas Priest thing? I mean, because recently they wanted to go on tour with just one guitarist. Uh, what do you think about uh, that whole thing? That was uh, <laughs> kind of gunned down really quickly. That yes, was, it was. Thank okay. goodness. <laughs> fan, the fan, the reaction to that wasn't too. You know, they're just the two guitar band. Yeah, yeah. Can't you know without two guitars. They're just the two guitar band, and there's nothing you can you know. Uh, so uh, yeah, well that is, but. Um, the their whole the whole thing with um priest and that it's just it's kind of ugly it's it's really ugly that it's been you know put out in the public i mean you know man or me i mean it's it's kind of out there too but not to the extent that kk i mean writes they writing books about it you know it's right, right, right. it's yeah. 
you know, I, I think the fans, it kind of makes them feel bad. I think people feel bad about it. You know, yeah. it's, you know, like, like with me, I was gone in for Man of War. I was fired in 1988. So. Yeah. It's, it's so long ago. It's kind of not forgotten, but you know, it's, it's so long ago. People kind of gotten over a little bit, you know, but with the, the Judas priest thing, it's so fresh in everybody's mind still to this day. It's, you know, nobody well, can forget about it. Also, I think a lot of it has to do with the quality of the music. I mean, the quality of the music when you were in Manowar Ross was right. top notch. I mean, uh, if, if you take into account, uh, just the first three albums, Battle of Hands into Glory Ride, and of course, Hail to England, and, and I need to throw a sign of the hammer in there as well. I mean, four perfect albums in a row. And, you know, like that's what, I mean, me as a Manowar fan, that's what I think of. And, with with Priest, though, I would have to say I enjoy what Richie contributes to the band. I thought what he did with Redeemer of Souls and especially the most recent one, Firepower, I think it holds up with everything that they've done with in the past. So I get what you're saying. I think that's why it hurts um, longtime fans of bands, because it's like, of course, you want the band to continue on. Of course, members are going to go other past members are going to form new things it's it's heavy metal mitosis is what it is it's been going on since uh deal replaced sabbath and ozzy or whatever you know richie blackmore wanted to replace members of rainbow you know how it goes but you know the the thing is that for longtime fans of bands it's like you know when when they see that current lineups are doing things that are kind of antithetical to what came before it it hurts that's right. what it is but i'm glad that you haven't let us down so thank you <laughs> well i'm just doing what i can do to the best of my abilities and uh pounding it out pounding out product i mean you know with death dealer and you know they'll they'll play soon hopefully next year and uh roster boss band of course we're uh getting ready to go on tour in april Okay. April first, we start in Barcelona, and then we have four shows, uh, four East Coast shows. Let me mention it because, I'd like to, anyone that can hear it <clears throat> within the hearing shot of my voice, I would like them to show up mm-hmm. if they're anywhere around the neighborhood. I mean, we're playing. Uh, oh, look at that tour! That's unbelievable! Oh my goodness! This was this tour was was postponed twice twice already before this. So. Um, April 14th, New Bedford, Massachusetts, The Vault. Uh, April 15th, Clifton, New Jersey, Dingbats. That's going to be great. Uh, April 16th, Wilmington, Wilmington, Delaware, Bar 8. And, of course, 417, Brooklyn, New York, The Kingsland. That's Easter night, but, I mean, um, eat dinner and then come out and get your head blown off. The Greeks will show up because their Easter is in two weeks from now. Right. So they'll be there. <laughs> My right. people. I, I don't want no excuses, you know. So um, that's the that's the warm-up for the for the uh, European show. And on the 19th, we fly out to Barcelona. Hopefully, if there's no World War Three, So. No. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting for that one. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you got a New York show because I know for a while, Ross the Boss Band was playing... Uh, Blackthorn 51 in Elmhurst, Queens, which was a great location because it wasn't too far from, you know, the old Lemoore East on Queens Boulevard. Uh, That too. And, you know, it was a place where any uh, metalheads from that Brooklyn, Queens, New Jersey area could come see shows. But 
thank, unfortunately, because of COVID, that place is gone. Uh, Revolution in Amityville is gone. So I'm glad that uh, Brooklyn's bringing it back with the Kingsland. Right. Right. And, you know, it's, it, it's, it, they have a couple of venues, though, those guys, but it's going to be, it's, uh, you know, those, those shows are going to be great. Uh, we have a, we have a killer set. I mean, we have a lot of songs and, uh, jam packed rock action and metal action. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, uh, great, great nights. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of the uh, new death dealer, fuel injected suicide machine, it's an EP. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, how'd you get involved with Sean Peck? By the way, because you, been... <laughs> and that's a Mad Max reference too, isn't that? Yeah. Yes. It's kind of it's kind of like a, a it's a famous story because it's around 2010. I get this call from from Sean Peck, right? And mm. I didn't even know who the guy. I mean, I never heard of his band. I never knew. Okay, you know. Yeah. And like he goes, uh, I got you're gonna join my band. It was like the first thing he said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting together a new band, and you're gonna join it. I go, what? I say what? Yeah. <laughs> He goes, he goes uh, yeah, I, I have a, I have the name of the band. It's going to be called Death Dealer. I have all the members. I got this. You know, I go, all right. And she said, I got this guitar player from Australia. His name is Stu Marshall. He's unbelievable. I go, okay. And then so, you know, it was one of those phone calls. You know, I was like, hmm, okay, this guy, this guy's kind of short himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, all right. So, and then the next day I got, I got a call from Stu Marshall from Australia and uh, he couldn't be the greatest bloke bloke that I've ever, you know, one of the greatest guys, sweetest guys. And uh, I kind of checked out some of his guitar work and uh, he's a pretty badass motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And um, then they sent me the demos for the, for a war master. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, Oh my God. And it was something that I wasn't totally a hundred percent responsible for. Mm-hmm. It was a band that I could just join. Right. And uh, you know, I didn't have to do the the bulk of the work. I mean, I had to do work, but I didn't didn't have to do, you know, the the whole thing. And uh, he goes, "Yeah, we love you, man. Yeah, I love you. You know, I, I play guitar because of hell to England, you know." And uh, he was so nice. And so I said, "I, I, I listen to this music. And I go, you know what? I'm in. I want to do this." Right. So that's how we started, and uh, we just, you know, we just uh, did what we had to do. So hopefully, you know. Uh, after all this bullshit, but we, the great thing about it is that during the, uh, the scandemic, we were, we just kept writing songs. Stu and Sean kept writing. They have, they have Death Dealer 4 all recorded. I, I they have heard that the other day. I'm like, how? <laughs> Death Dealer 5 recorded. Yeah. We have Death Dealer 5 recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, Sean has other, other bands from his, you know, other albums for his other bands recorded already, too. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how he does it. He's insane. I, I don't know how he does it either. And he, and he just keeps, you know, he keeps it fresh. I mean, he keeps all these, these, these ideas and, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the lyric video for the, uh, uh, fuel injected suicide is done by the guy that did, uh, denied by the cross. Okay. This guy in England. I mean, if you check out my, my lyric video, denied by the cross, and then you, you know, this guy has a great style, an amazing, an amazing guy. I mean, it's amazing work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, everything we put out is, is, uh, high quality. So. We're, we're, we're very happy with it. You know, we did that. Of course, we did that live stuff on, uh, the, uh, mess, uh, uh, metal all stars. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I was in the metal. I was a metal all star and I was opening for myself. The death dealer was <laughs> open on that whole tour. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. And you can, that a lot of that footage is on. You can see it. Right. So, 
that was in Russia. So I don't even know the next time anyone's going to get to play in Russia. Yeah, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. So yeah, I think the- Scorpions are going to have the right wind to change to electric boogaloo in order for uh, things to uh, calm down. Yeah, no, probably not. Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm, it's just it's my heart breaks for for both those countries and Absolutely. mainly the Ukraine because they're getting their asses kicked. But they're kicking ass. They're doing. They're kicking ass back. But I can't even imagine how many people have been, have perished so far. I I just can't even. It's just. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sad, you know, especially with the last two years of this bullshit that we've been dealing with. With the right. like you said, scamdemic. Yeah, we got this Russia thing going on. So it's just you know, what are we going to catch I, a break here? You know, we want to get back to somewhat normal. And yeah. So you one, can go out and tour and play and, music business after another. You know, and it's yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's see. Let's hope I go. I mean, I think that, you know, I'm at the, almost at the point. I have to, we have to buy tickets. We have to, you know, and the fuel prices are insane. And, you know, it's like, it's just, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's challenging. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a, a time for a band to be, you know, doing anything right now, except for releasing albums, which, you know, which is cool. Everybody is starting to release new music, and, right. you know, because nobody's had anything to do for like the past two years. So. Right. And there's been like a lot, of, a lot of really good albums coming out, and especially like the Death Dealer. Because I was listening to that this morning, and uh, right. I realized it's, it's it's like every song on here is really good. I really like it. I've been following Death Dealer since the beginning. I was a huge Cage fan when I saw yeah. Death Dealer, and, and you were going to be on there. So I've been a fan ever since the beginning. So the, new- the, th- the thing is about RTB band was is we're a lot like a live band, yeah. and everyone's going do another record. I go, I'm not doing another record. I haven't even toured on uh, Born of Fire yet. Right, right, right. And Born of Fire came out March 6, 2020. Right. We, 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 we played our last show February 24th in Philly at Live Nation. Right. Great show. On a Monday night. Right. And, uh, you know, okay, March 6th, it's coming out. Okay, we're going to take a couple of weeks off and go to and fly over to Europe. And, you know, March, it, it comes out March, that week, it was like the, the whole thing fucking, you know, the mm-hmm. shit storm hit. Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of my, my record was kind of lost, but it's not lost because we're going to be playing some of those badass songs. I'm telling you. Yeah, so I'm sure people are definitely ready for that because it's just been too long. Yeah. How is, uh, how's your business doing? Because we know you're in the uh, batting cage in, uh, in Queens Village or Middle Village, correct? It's, it's doing great. Good. Yeah, because we, you know, we, we made it through that 2020. I mean, we had a, well, we have travel teams, you know, and and plus the cages, you know, the the travel teams had all been paid up by March. They were all paid up for the summer season. These kids were ready to go, and the shitstorm hit, and and we're going. I'm going like, where are these kids going to play? What's going to happen with the fields and everything and the permits and, you know, New York City and you know, blah 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 blah. blah. But we we persevered, and uh, when when everyone else was folding. All our teams managed to play sixty games. Wow, good stuff. Yeah, so we're we're together, and uh, now we're now we're responsible. We've we've been given responsibility of uh, the American Legion fields at uh, in Canarsie. So we're taking care of four major league fields, two little league fields, batting cages, and uh, the concession. And uh, and uh, so we, you know, we're we're. You know, my son's out there mowing the lawn. We're getting them, getting the mounds ready, delivering the clay. You know, it's great. It's all the all the grass has been treated, and so we're ready for the season. Cool. Play ball. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and you know, in New York City, just nice facility. Then this this facility is going to be 
the best facility in New York City to play ball. Our facility. All right, cool. Where now? Uh, what got you into starting with the batting cage? Because uh, I was well, something about your son was a big my son, my son was a great great athlete mm. growing up, and so you know we started the cage in twenty oh five. We we built it, and so he was like, there was no no great place, no great facility for for for, for baseball players to to work out around. You'd have to go out to Long Island, right. and so why why do we have to go out to Long Island? Yeah. You know, when it, a great facility doesn't exist. So we built the kind of facility. We found the space, and uh, it was perfect. And it's been perfect. It's been, it's like like the Mecca. And uh, we built it. And it was expensive. I mean, we had a lot of, you know, it was like a quarter million dollars to do it. Wow. But uh, we borrowed. We, you know, we didn't have that much, that much money. You know, we rent the building, you know, still do. But uh, so thank God everything is great. You know, and we built it, and people come. Yeah. And were you allowed to keep that open during the pandemic, or did they make any problems? Well, we had to shut down for a, a few, you know. Yeah, the usual. Yeah, yeah. Those but I still put people in there anyway, didn't I? I won't tell nobody because I I refuse <laughs> I refuse to take note for an answer. Yeah, yeah. No, of course, you know, it's not the time, you know. I'm glad to know there's still some old school New York City people yeah. that still give a shit. That's good hey, to know. I'm hey, from Queens originally, and I, take- I I'm I'm sorry. We take matters in our own hands. Right. Well, unfortunately, I had to bring that mentality out to Long Island. So now I take matters in my own hands here. <laughs> but you Where know, are you talking from? I was from Astoria originally. Uh, lived there 25 years of my life and got married, moved to Long Island, have a kid of my own. And, uh, you know, uh, if she wants to play softball growing up, I know where to bring her. Yeah, right. That's right. We have, we have a lot of softball teams and we don't do softball. We just do baseball. But, uh, we have a you know lady diamond pros come you know grand street campus girls was all these teams all these uh, softball teams come yep had queens college in there the other day division two it was great you know it's good nice not too far from you so one, one no. day we'll get in there i got a five-year-old kid so maybe one day i'll bring him in yeah place. well soon well you got you got you got places by you yeah yeah that's you got, i know well, we, gotta gotta go to, you. we gotta go to the real one yeah <laughs> You come here, you go to Rose's, get some pizza, then we play some, hit some balls, have a good time. Yeah, sure, definitely. I like that. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else have I got here? Uh, oh, the dictators. You got the dictators back together, and you're working with Albert Bouchard. How did you get involved with working on him? My relationship with Albert goes back to, well, of course, when the dictators were managed by Sandy Perlman, who managed Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. Yeah, so we played a zillion shows. We opened up for them a zillion times. Uh, from 76, 77, 78, you know, and, um, Albert and I just remained friends. He always calls me for, uh, you know, come, can you play this? Can you play that? And, you know, play on this, play on that. Yep. And then I, I joined, he has a, had a band called the Brain Surgeons, mm-hmm. um, with his wife, Deborah, his wife at the time, Deborah Frost. And I joined the Brain Surgeons. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of Deborah Frost, but I mean, I joined the Brain Surgeons. And we made this one incredible record. You have to check this record out. Okay. And most of my songs on it and Albert's too. It's called Denial of Death. If you haven't heard this, this is some yeah, this, no, this, never... the fiercest metal. I'm telling you, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of my some of my best playing on that freaking record. And uh, I did that, and then hopefully we're going to re-record the, a new vocalist, new female vocalist on that record, and. Then, <laughs> Eddie Trunk said I'd have a hit record if the vocalist was different. Yeah, he told yeah. me that. He yeah. said it would 
Bangladesh. And uh, so that's that aside. So Albert, so when it came to the dictators, uh, we were, I, Andy and I we said we're going to reform the band um, without Mr. Manitoba, without Handsome Dick, because mm-hmm. um, there was a, we, the band parted ways mm-hmm. with him. And so it, w- it would be me and Andy and so and Scott Kempner, the original guitar player. Unfortunately, what, what happens? Scott is diagnosed with dementia. No. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, we are, our hearts are broken. We're just, just, we're just, just devastated. And, uh, you know, so what do we do? So let's, oh, okay, let's, let's get a new guitar player. We're going to, we're going to go on. We're going to keep going, going on. And so what about the drummer? So, um, everybody was Andy and I, and we, we just go listen. Albert Bouchard. <laughs> we called up Albert. He says, I always wanted to be a dictator. He said, <laughs> you got the job, buddy. So it was Albert. It was Albert, me and Andy. And uh, so for the second guitar player, uh, then a lot of uh, the candidates went back and forth, back and forth. We came up with Keith Roth uh, from uh, Serious D. Uh, he works, he's a Serious DJ and uh, uh, good guitarist, a really good guitarist, great singer. And, you know, we auditioned him. And he got the job. So it's, uh, so we've been, we've been recording. We have a couple of singles out. Let's get the band back together. Goddamn New York mm. and the holiday. We released a little Festivus, a song called Festivus. Now we're looking, for, we have, we're working on a few songs in the can, working, getting a full length record, working on getting a new record deal. And we have the Blue Oyster Cult, uh, manager and booking agent working for the band now so it's going to be good it's good. the dictators are going to that we're going to do really well yeah. so between the dictators death dealer and rtb band i should be pretty busy you want one yeah, thing yeah you're busy and plus you're the cage too so yes yes <laughs> everything is working everything is working hopefully the world settles down and people kind of get back to normal sort of it'll never be you know, now I hear now I hear of the sister sister variant of Omicron B two. It's uh, you know it's just you know come on it's just it's it's a flu now. So I I don't want anyone to get sick. I don't want anyone to die. Of course not. But uh, we're just going to have to live with this. Right. Yeah. Staying in your house every for all the time is not the answer. Yeah. No, I, I worked this whole time, this whole pandemic. You know, because yeah, I'm, I'm essential. So uh, it's- I was out every single day. Out out every single day. So. Yeah. But everybody's different. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't know how it's going to affect somebody. But I have a question. Um, as a guitar player, I'm always listening to like guitar players' tones and and you know looking at their technique. And I was watching old footage of uh, the Dictators playing um, Sonic Reducer at CBGBs. I love that video. And the thing that really impressed me about your tone then. Um, now, mind you, I was born in 1980, so I didn't really get to experience shows at CBGBs until I was in my late teens, early 20s. Um, when it comes to amplification, um, I know of, you know, Marshalls, obviously, how now they have, like, you know, the two channels with, with gain. Yeah. I, I play Blackstar amps, so there's three channels on that. Right. But what were what exactly were you playing back then in terms of, um amplifiers because i i i don't think you're very big on on pedals so like how were you able to get a a tone like that out of whatever marshals you were using back then and what are you currently using now in your rig 
Okay, so that's an excellent question. I uh, I don't have I don't I don't use pedals any pedals zero. I, I didn't plug, think so. I just plug straight into the amp like Chuck Berry or BB King would. And um, the back then, I think they were Marshall majors. You know, with the four inputs. You know, and so what you so what you had to do was cross it, cross, cross them, and plug in plug in top left and and cross the uh, cross them. And so you have two volumes, but uh, it you had a you know you had a you had a blast. But I can get it. I can get my tone out of anything. I just I, I have I have my tone in my hands. Mm. It's in my hands. You know, and uh, uh, now uh, thank you for the compliment. By the way, thank. Um, now I use um, Powerball two, angled Powerball twos. Angled, okay. I have a, an endorsement with them. I think those are the best. <laughs> those amps are unbelievable. Um, I'll be using them at Kingsland, and it's an incredible lamp. But you know what? It, it's never the tool. It's the toolsman. Right. You can't get your tone from boxes. Mm-hmm. Look at Angus Young. He just plugs plug straight in as well. You just, you know, and I think he uses all 800s, JCM 800s. Yeah. Which I, I used the manual. I bought seven of them back in the day that, when we signed with EMI. But um, you gotta you gotta get your tone from your hands and your guitar. Um, sure, like well, I, I might use a wah wah pedal every thousand takes, but uh, you know, it's all it's all in my hands. I don't use any effects. Wow, I really, that's that that's awesome. Uh, another question that I'd like to ask. Um, I know in 1980. You were in Shaken Street, and of course, the tour that you did was with Black Sabbath when they uh, joined with Dio. Um, I don't think I've read any interviews or listened to any um, interviews where you ever really spoken about it. I, I, Tony Iommi was the reason why I picked up a guitar in the first place. I mean, once I heard Sabbath the first time, I was like, that's it. I know what I yeah. want to do. So <laughs> I, I want to ask you... Um, not comparisons of tours then to tours now, but what was it like touring with Sabbath with Dio? And you know, like, did you know that this was going to be what it be ended up becoming? Well, I had no idea I was going to meet somebody that uh, we would form a band with. But you know, the fact that we were in England playing these Odians, playing these 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 famous Odians. Uh, with Black Sabbath and Ronnie James Dio. I mean, this was just, it was a tremendous honor, Shaken Street Black Sabbath. It was an unbelievable honor to be playing those shows. I mean, uh, wow. <laughs> you know, going up and shaking Tony's hand, I go, you know, what do you say? What do you say to Tony? I, I don't know. What do I say to him? They go, yeah, yeah. It's like, he's great. Those guys were great, very friendly to us. And, uh, and they all really, they all really had the hots for Fabian. <laughs> that helped <laughs> that helped that we got a hot chick and uh you know so there was that one time that we were playing i think it was the second show it was in manchester or newcastle and um we, we we did our sound check i put my guitar down ronnie dio is standing on the side of the stage and you know and i go up to him i go hey you know it's like hey ronnie what's up man he goes you know ross you're a really great guitar player you are he goes I got a guy on my crew. His name is Joey, and he plays bass like you never, you never, you would, you wouldn't believe. He goes, you should meet him. You should talk to him. I go, okay, yes, sir. 
<laughs> so the guitar was down, had an hour and a half to doors. So yeah, okay. I went there and we I started talking Joy and I started talking together. And as the as the tour went on, we started a jam in Black Sabbath's dressing room. He would play geezer's spare bass and I had my guitar and we we'd be in there uh use their practice amps and we would be blasting away while Sabbath was on 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 stage and like when Sabbath would cut cut off, we'd be we'd be still blasting, you know, and, and they'd look up and go, Fuck, what the fuck is up there? And then Ronnie Ronnie goes, That's Russ and Joey and they go, Oh, okay. No, <laughs> they knew they knew what was happening. So, uh, yeah, so it, we, uh, you know, we decided to form the band. And uh, Aloha Stadium in Hawaii was my last show with Shaken Street, which was great in Hawaii playing. <laughs> that sucked. That didn't suck. And then we went back to my house in Mount Vernon, New York, and we started writing uh, started writing tunes. And then we did a demo. I had a, I had a friend at uh, EMI. His name was Bob Curry. And uh, we did uh, we did it down. I, I got a, I got a demo budget out of him. He came to see me and Joey playing without a drummer and a singer. So I got a demo budget. It went further. They loved the demo, and they said they'd sign the band. Very cool. We actually interviewed Carl Kennedy about last month, and uh, he says hello to you. By the way, he's yeah, he's a great. He's my man. Yeah, he was the drummer on the original demo. Mm-hmm. He was going to be original man or drummer. Yeah, what happened with that? Uh oh! <laughs> I love I love your director, Wayne. I know we have to read Blabbermouth for that one too. <laughs> oh, forget Blabbermouth. This is the real metal news. Yeah. He had this great relationship with Rock Rod Rock Feinstein, and he stayed with the Rods. I I, I respect his opinion. I respect him. Yeah. I love Carl. He's a great guy, and uh, that was it. That's what he wanted to do. Uh, speaking of bass players, uh, you play with Mike Lapond, and he's. Uh, he's an awesome bass player. Uh, tell us some stuff about him. He's, he's actually on another, another, another with another band, a friend of ours from the band Them. I don't know if you heard of them. Yeah, he's in Mike. Like Mike Lapond is in every band that's that right now. And he's yeah, he, I think so. He says no to nobody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> playing with us for, a, for quite, uh, I don't know, quite a few years now. Mike Lapond to me is the best bass player on the planet. Him, Billy Sheehan, on that level. Yeah. He's he's fantastic. I mean, he's. I mean, Mike plays with his fingers. I mean, he's incredible. I, I mean, uh, so I mean, Mike, you couldn't ask for a better guy, better bandmate. So, yeah. so Mike over Joey. He's great. <laughs> Mike is great. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, one last question. You know, Man of War started out wearing these loincloths. You never wore one. Why? Well, he had brains. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would age well that look. <laughs> um, no, I just that was the, my style. I mean, you know the, the the bikini and the. I mean, it's just oiled up. I mean, I just I I didn't feel right about it. So I, you know, thankfully kept my pants on. And uh, yeah. uh, to this day, it was a good. It was the best idea I ever had. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. You know. <laughs> everyone couldn't look the same it would, it would have been like a bizarre village people you know right 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 kind of homo it was definitely homoerotic that's yeah i know when but, i show when i saw so some people i'd never heard of man of war like the album covers and they just they just start laughing i'm like <laughs> well well hey yeah. look conan the barbarian was popular at that right. point but i mean you know. but you if you look at conan barbarian i look more like them like right, more right. like them that you know i, I had agree that with that down and the vest and the 
the pant, the black brown pants. I mean, I, I mean, I, and definitely the haircut. I, I definitely looked like uh, Schwarzenegger. I mean, I didn't. I mean, he wasn't as he wasn't as built as I am, yeah. but you know. <laughs> like wait a minute <laughs> we know all of the puny man anyway he's a puny man no like I, I mean that movie totally uh, influenced Man of War a lot a lot yeah. I, will, I will say one thing though I definitely know that uh, Pete Steele rest in peace his former band Carnivore on their first album I mean you put like the way they looked with their furs and everything and put it against what Manowar was rocking at the time, that would have been a killer tour or yeah. a killer show back in the day. They loved us. Those guys loved Manowar. Holy shit. Yeah. They really did love us. And they were great. Pete Steele was great. We miss him. Very much. Yeah. Do you have any stories about Peter Steele? No, because they, they, he was out in Brooklyn. I was out in Queens. Those guys were fantastic, though. He never picked up your garbage. Pardon? <laughs> he, he never picked up your garbage? No. He was in the Brooklyn Parks <laughs> Department, Wayne. <laughs> he wasn't going to be he wasn't going to be doing that much longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame that he passed away. Typo I negative. I, typo negative took off really pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I saw I saw the last show before he passed away. Terrible. Yeah. Well, anything else, Lou? Um, well, I just want to say, you know, like Ross, uh, We've been um, friends on Facebook for a while. I'm so happy that I got to meet you in person finally. What, and uh, sorry, what's your last name? Mavs, M A B S. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like a lot of what you write because I'm in agreement with you on a lot of things. Uh, huh? I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for the great music. Thank you for being humble, chilling, down to earth, and thanks for giving us this opportunity. Um, I really do hope that, I mean, like Wayne, I'm a parent too. My daughter's three and a half. Uh, I'm hoping that, you know, uh, with the passage of time, I could come out to more shows and, uh, you know, support more of the bands that I want to, you know, I'll, I'll make sure I can get to the Kingsland. Um, but no matter what, I mean, I know you're in Queens, my old hometown. So I'd love to come to the batting cages as well. Support, support any way I can. So thank you for the great years of great music. You guys, that'd be fantastic. What keeps you going all these years, man? I mean, you've been around forever. What keeps you going? Just the fact that I, you know, I just, I have a goal, you know, and I'm just not going to be happy until I achieve it. And I mean, it just drives me to play guitar. I mean, I, I'm addicted. I have to play guitar every day and I have to be on stage and I, and I have to work every day. I'm a workaholic and I just have to keep going. That's just the way it is. Did you ever have like a moment in time where you said, maybe I don't want to do this no more? You know, not really. No. 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 Well, that's cool, man, because, you know, I, I've had that moment. I, I play drums. We mean, Lou both play music, and, you know, yeah. I, I've had my moments where I'm just like, why? You know, but, uh, you know, you're you're way more successful than pro- we, me and Lou will ever be, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's easy. It's easy to give up, you know, yeah. but, you you know, if you fold your hand, you never know how, if right. you're going to piss the next time, you know, yeah. so. Exactly. The, any, yeah. any advice you can give some of these new bands that are uh, starting out today? Yeah, don't quit. Don't sign contracts without mm-hmm. you're getting a lawyer that you trust that works for mm-hmm. you. Um, guitar players, you got to start listening to the blues. Don't start with Eddie Van Halen, mm-hmm. okay? Because Eddie Van Halen started with blues. Eddie Van Halen, like me and Angus Young, they started A. Yeah. Albert King, B.B. King, the King, you know, 
you got to start when you got to know where at least you got to know where music came from right you know and build and build your build your foundation of music it's great advice definitely good advice well ross the boss thank you very much for coming on the show well good luck to your show i hope it I hope it's just the first of many great many great things to come for you guys I hope and thank uh you. i'll see you kinsley yes you will <laughs> look i'll be in the back just waving like this okay no <laughs> looking for some new podcasts to listen to well look no further than the rats review network rats review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming including the flagship show rats review with wayne noon greg noggle and lou mavs as well as occasional co-hosts manny mejias and james loquist we also have the official rats review spin-offs such as album versus album screams from the grave where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past and a king diamond podcast called this broadcast belongs to them we've also got old man metals musings the right opinion with harrison bergeron beyond bushido a podcast dedicated to pro wrestling and mma with james elquist and eric adams no relation to the guy from manowar or the mayor of new york city the viera vault with ralph viera schmackamagab to you too ralph the timo tolki podcast featuring stradivarius and avalon founding member timo tolki the bs sessions with mark and jerry just the cheese please a podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with tara J and adam the friday night party with the great harry barnett and evie and the music is live podcast with lou mavs the ratsaw review network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today go to ratsawreview.com for more info and to find out where you can find follow subscribe and comment on youtube facebook instagram tiktok twitter and all streaming platforms the ratsaw review network we're, We're taking over. over.